Pilot Boys in the building. Welcome to the Pilot Boys podcast, where you'll get the real on all things sports, music, and pop culture. I'm Mecca Don here with my co-host, V. Black Lives Matter. Today is June 4th, 2020. Thank you guys for tuning in. I know you can be anywhere in the world, but you're here with us. Obviously, due to this pandemic that still is lurking out there and all of the protests, V and I have been separated, but we're still doing our best to bring you guys a show at all costs. Again, because of all the things that are kind of going on in the world right now, we didn't deem it necessary to have a guest. So V and I are going to hit news and notes, and we're going to talk about the real issues plaguing society today. We are going to talk about the protests, potential violence, corporation, celebrity responsibility, the way forward, police brutality, racism, Black Lives Matter, all of the above. Please, please, please use your voice to help fix these issues. Don't forget that our Patreon subscribers will get our episodes on Wednesdays at night early. If you want to donate and help support our show, you can log on to www.patreon.com forward slash Pilot Boys Podcast. And don't forget to grab some Pilot Boys wristbands at shop.pilotboys.com. Let's go. Where the Pilot Boys at? You're listening to the Pilot Boys podcast, episode 31. Time to hit news and notes. Again, with everything that's going on with our country right now, V, we have a ton to talk about. So we didn't think that we needed a guest. Uh, and we're going to jump right into it. Honestly, uh, there's, there's there's not much to say in a preamble. Um, you know, there's there's a ton of stuff going on in our country right now. Um, people are protesting all across the country. Some have turned into riots and looting and other things, which we'll talk about. Um, but I want to, since we talk about a lot of sports um, and, and kind of entertainment on this show, I want to start there. Let's start with uh, coaches and programs institutions and sports, what do you feel like their responsibility is in this situation? I mean, their, their responsibility is, is higher than the average citizens, right? Right. Mm -hmm. um, if you are someone who generates money off of the work and talent of black Americans, you have to say something and you have to do something, right? Mm -hmm. This isn't just about, oh, it's not my problem. I don't want to get involved in social issues. No, you are directly benefiting from the work and talent of black Americans. Right. Therefore, if an issue impacts them, you better get your ass up and say something because without them, you wouldn't be making millions of dollars a year, Dabo fucking Sweeney. Mm. So they need to fucking learn that this isn't about, oh, I'm scared of the impact. No, this is real. If you care mm -hmm. about your students and mm -hmm. your student athletes, and if you are a student athlete at a program who's not saying anything and sitting on their hands, mm -hmm. you need to reconsider and go to another program because that program does not have your best interests at heart. Period. Yeah. And, and, and so I think that's, that's well said. And also when you look at particularly the colleges, right? Because the colleges are, are different than the pros, right? And, and the, insofar as that these kids are kids, first of all, 
and they are, you know, college years theoretically are supposed to be times of, of change and understanding and learning and growing. And these coaches and administrators and people that you're dealing with are in a lot of ways, the leaders that you're around constantly. Um, and, and a lot of times you're, they're looking to them for guidance. Uh, in addition to obviously all the things that you said, which is, you know, you guys are making money off of these kids. And um, so you better speak up for them. And I, and I posted on Twitter, you know, just kind of a message to coaches and, and programs that you better, two, two things need to happen. One is that you better be reaching out to your players individually, one by one, however it is that you do it, and make sure that they're okay. Because I know personally I haven't been okay. I've been crying, and I don't have no problem admitting this. All week I've been crying. And if I've been feeling that pain, every, pretty much every black person I know is feeling that pain. Um, so if I'm feeling that pain and everyone I know is feeling that pain and players we've talked to are feeling that pain, you better believe that the kids on your team are feeling that pain. So you need to reach out and console. Even if you don't understand everything, reach out and console. Well, I actually did an audit before we got on the call yeah. of the top top 10 programs, right? It's not always about, may not know what to say or what to do, mm-hmm. but there's a difference between doing nothing. Mm-hmm. I went to Clemson's football page. This is obviously the standout one because they're one of the the more, most successful college football programs. Yeah. Um, there's absolutely nothing there. And yeah. that's a problem, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, and it's, and it's beyond just the football program because mm-hmm. it's not your, just your players, your representative students at your university who pay tuition, who are yeah. minorities, who are dealing mm-hmm. with this, this issue as well. So that your absence of commentary, you know, obviously commentary isn't all that's needed. Yeah. Your absence of commentary leads to an implied lack of care. There's well, no and, and, and so that's the thing. And that's the thing too, is that, you know, some people say, oh, well, what is commentary going to do? It's empty. And, but, but the honest, the honest truth is, is that commentary is not empty. You know, not all commentary is empty. Obviously there's more that needs to be done than beyond just commentary, but people do look to, you know, leaders or thought leaders or, or people who have big influence for inspiration or for understanding or for, you know, kind of what is the way forward. And so you can't, be in a position of power again like you said when you're exploiting the the unpaid labor of many african americans you can't be in that business and just not say anything you know yeah. you you have to figure out a way to say something and show not to show the country that you're with these guys and and, and have some type of understanding i yeah. like what ohio state did including the players and their pain um I like what some other colleges have done. They're not the only one that's done that. Um, but it has to be a real conversation. It can't just be, oh, we did. and the reason why I like what Ohio State did, and some people might not like it. They might say, oh, you're just exploiting the players instead of doing it all on your own. But no, the reason why I like about it, what I like about it is that they included everybody in the conversation, right? Yeah. So Because it's not just about posting the statement. It's also about, okay, what's the conversation? Is there an understanding? Is there a willingness to change? Is there a willingness to fight and do anything different than what you've done before? And is there a movement essentially behind this within your program and in your school? Um, but some of these coaches are, and programs are just, they're just doing the bare minimum. They're showing their asses. Mm-hmm. They're showing their asses. And this and is I, the reason why people are so pissed off about everything else. Yeah. About the lack of payment of players or the lack of, the fundamental issue is 
do you guys show and are you consistently showing that you care about the players mm-hmm. that you are making money off of? Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. fine. In capitalism, it's fine. You exploit labor to make money. Mm-hmm. Somebody has to be at the top. Someone has to be the coach. Someone needs to lead the program, right? So there's value in that. But if you don't fundamentally care about that labor and in even the smallest ways, how are we going to, it shows when things like this happen, when you say nothing, it shows a lot about your psychology, right? Yeah. And, and, and then, and then, so, and then, like you said, or like I said earlier, the college ranks, I think is, is different, right? The responsibility is different because this is a very vulnerable, young learning, teaching age um, with kids who are definitely looking to coaches and professors and different people as leaders. Um, and, you know, and for guidance and for, and for, you know, to be consoled. So um, the pros is a little bit different. Um, not to say that pros don't have a responsibility because they do, you know, I mean, a lot of their stadiums are built off of taxpayer dollars, you know, obviously their players, and especially in basketball and football, predominantly black, they still have a responsibility. A lot of them have missed the mark too. You know, I think I'm not here. I don't want it to sound like I'm just this person that's policing everybody's page to see exactly what they say. But when you do release a statement, and they know this, this isn't, I'm not, I didn't create this. When you release a statement, people are going to analyze that statement. And there are yeah. certain things within that statement that if we don't see, then, we, then, then we're sure that you're not really trying to take this issue seriously. And that you probably, and what that probably means is that you don't believe in it. Yeah. That's what, because at the end of the day, there's, there's would, no, there's no other way to interpret it, right? You, especially at a time like this, it's essentially the line in the sand has been drawn. Mm-hmm. Um, the, it's, it's clear what the two sides are. Mm-hmm. Um, and either you're on one side or the other. That's and, that, and honestly, that's where so, we're at. so if people if people need a guide in terms of what it is that they necessarily need to say, or or should say, or the type of things that should be included in the statement, I'll tell you some of them right now. You have to be definitive. You have to be definitive. This is not oh, maybe injustice is injustice, or some random quote that you post, or you we have to unite. It's like no, no time for these vague random statements that don't mean anything, these random quotes with no context and no additional commentary. That's bullshit. You come out and you say, first of all, mention George Floyd. These are the things that I expect to see. Not all of them have to be in the statement, but these are the type of things you expect to see. And don't, say, and don't say senseless violence. Say yeah, yeah, say murder or killing. You know, yeah. if you don't want to say murder, fire, at least say killing. It's not senseless violence. It's not senseless death. No, it was a killing and it was a murder. That is, at the end of the day, that is the crux of the issue. Is yeah. that People of uh, black people, and not just black people, but black people in this instance, are being killed, murdered at the hands of people who are supposed to protect them. So if you're not mentioning that, if you're not mentioning police brutality, if you're not mentioning racism, if you're not saying Black Lives Matter, if you're not mentioning any of those things in your statement, your statement is bullshit. I'll tell you that right now. So yeah. if you want, if you if you want clarity, DM me. I'll tell you. I'll tell yep. you the type of things that you need. To and and, and that's the other thing. Is there, there, at every university. There is a black studies professor. There are there's an entire department um, of people who you can reach out to that can help you understand issues and deal with them, right? Mm-hmm. And that's where the privilege entitlement of of people comes in is that they don't understand that if it's not impacting them directly, that it's not an issue for them, right? Right. Um, but that's not the case. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and that and that's what we're starting to see now, in terms of some of these people's responses to the protests and some of the violence that's coming as a result of the protests. As people are starting to care more because they now see like, oh, this could impact me. This could impact my life and my car and my building and maybe even my life. And so you're starting to see people start to care from that point. We'll talk about that later. I want to switch um, from kind of coaches and, and programs responsibility to what do we think celebrities' responsibilities are, both black and white. We had a conversation, you and I were on a group text with, um, with an NFL athlete yesterday who kind of texted us to get our thoughts about what his responsibility should be in this particular situation. Uh, and his position was that he doesn't think necessarily that they have any responsibility. Um, not that he's obviously he's for the cause, but he doesn't think that they should have any specific responsibility to say something. Uh, and I understood where he was coming from. And, and, and more specifically, he said that we shouldn't, we shouldn't criticize. We shouldn't criticize people for not comment, commenting because that creates division and that distracts from the actual issue as well. Yeah. So what are your, what are your thoughts on that? Both celebrities, both black and white, who I think um, you, they potentially could be analyzed differently in terms of what the responsibilities are here, if any. I mean, we have this conversation all the time, and I think I'm very repetitive in what I say is one of the major issues that we have in America, right? Mm -hmm. Our leaders are these celebrities and people in Hollywood and athletes on issues that aren't even their wheel in their specific wheelhouse, right? But we live in a culture specifically in social media where people care more about what a Kardashian says than what an elected official says, right? And the crux of that issue and the reason that that's an issue is because that's not what we should be concerned with. Those aren't supposed to be the leaders. Mm -hmm. and, th and that's kind of the, the, the issue and concern that I have right now is I'm in full support of the protests. I'm mm -hmm. in full support of the outrage. I'm in full support of everything that's going on. Obviously, the issue that I have is to take that rebellion and turn it into an actual revolution, we need specifics. And to get specifics, those are people who need to un who understand the laws and who understand what actual action can be taken to move this forward legally or from a constitution standpoint or from those perspectives where change can actually impact us. So yes, we should hold our celebrities accountable. But what we should be holding more accountable are the public officials who we elect and put into office specifically to make sure that we're not, that the people in general are not taken advantage of, aren't impressed, aren't impressed and aren't being unfairly treated. Okay. So before I, before I kind of comment out my, one other question, just more specifically in terms of whatever responsibility you think just let's stick on the celebrities. I feel like that's what you, you said is, is, is very good. But let's stick on the celebrities for a second. In terms of what you think their responsibilities are, black versus white, uh, versus white versus, you know, obviously Indian or Asian. What, what, how do you interpret what exactly their responsibility well, is here? I think there's a strict liability and a responsibility. Um, and this is something else that we talk about is black Americans create a lot of joy for a lot of people in this country. Mm -hmm. In entertainment, in sports, if you are 
getting that joy from their work, you have to say something, period. Yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a great, succinct way to put it. I, I, I look at it like this. First of all, I, I agree with you about um, holding their elected officials accountable. Um, but I do think that this is a multi-layered kind of movement, Definitely. so to speak, right? I think that at every stage there is potential obligation, right? So uh, although I think we shouldn't necessarily be looking to our celebrities to be the leaders, I do think that they have tremendous value because at the end of the day, they they are citizens as well, right? And citizens have a right to speak. And they have a platform. Uh, oh, for sure. And, that, that, and they also are impacted by these things personally. You know, every black celebrity that I know personally, my friends, people that I talk to, athletes, we've we've all we have the same stories. The exact all same of stories. us have dealt with this in some we've way. All, all we've been pulled over, we've been harassed. All of us. It doesn't matter if you're from the hood yeah. or you're from the suburbs. It does not matter. You know. So, so if we you've have got stories. melanin in your skin, you've dealt with 100%, this issue. One hundred percent. So, so that's one thing. Is that why I think it's 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 valuable to also listen to celebrities, not just because. They're celebrities, but because they're also citizens who've been impacted by these issues. But in terms of um, actually what the obligation to speak up, I think a couple things. I, I don't like people being bullied into speaking up. Yeah. If they don't feel like they're versed enough to speak up, right? So there are certain issues that I think require that if someone for if an individual says, "Listen, man, I I, I think I'm, I'm outraged by this or whatever, but I don't know what to say, so I'd rather not say anything." I have to I I respect that, right? I don't want like the idea of bullying them and you better say something like that. I respect yeah. that, but I don't like what I don't like is people who say, "Oh, it's not my responsibility," right? Like I might know what to say, but I, it's not my responsibility. Let's know because the reality is, and whether this should it should be this way or not, it is. People do look to celebrities and do look to people with platforms to speak on issues. And people, a lot of times, will look look at them as thought leaders and even look at them to even know what are the issues of the day. A lot of these people are not following Congress people. They're not following yeah. politicians. And, They're not. Yeah, I agree, and that's why I think you know having a plan and mm -hmm. things being organized. Celebrities are a great tool, right? And I feel Absolutely. like. Politicians been used in every movement. People politicians in every election, they use celebrities mm -hmm. to gain favor, mm -hmm. right? But there's a kind of a chain of responsibility, right? Mm -hmm. So when a politician comes and asks a powerful celebrity to give them support, right? What does that negotiation entail, mm -hmm. right? Mm-hmm. What are your demands in return? This, at the end of the day, this is a negotiation in America and in capitalism. Yeah. If we want, want to break this thing down all the way. What specifically does, that, does my voice lending to a cause for you, how does that help people beyond me and beyond mm -hmm. you, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. That's a helpful way to look at it. And if you look back at in the civil rights movement, there was a lot of collaboration happening between the civil rights leaders who were in the trenches and the athletes on how to actually handle the situation and celebrities yep. on how they should handle it and how they should use their platform. Yep. And I think that that's one of the fundamental issues. It's like we have this rush to instantly react. Mm -hmm. But I think their platforms are powerful, but take time to think speak with their 
you can, if you're a celebrity or an athlete, there's not one person in this country you can't pick up the phone and call, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, how do we, what is it that we should be asking for and how do we get there, yeah. right? That, yeah. That's how this conversation is going to change from a lot of noise to productivity. And, and, and as far as the question I asked you about, uh, you know, non-black celebrities, white celebrities, other celebrities, what their responsibility is, I think you're, I think you're spot on. This movement has, for it to be real, it has to be, everyone has to be vocal. And particularly, like you said, white, white celebrities who benefited off of- They have more power. Like I mean, the Kardashians and, and all those type of people who benefited off of, of the, the black bodies and the black looks and the black, uh, you know, way of, you know, the coolness and all that factor. You better be speaking up. And also, you have to draw a line in the sand, you know, and this is what I've told my, my white friends who call me who, who, ta- who, first of all, I've been called by a lot of white people who are, I'm friends with recently, and we've had good discussions. And one of the things that I've said is like, listen, you have to draw a line in the sand. Like Seth Rogen, perfect example. I don't know if you've seen what he's doing on his Instagram. He posts yeah. Black Lives Matter. People are like, no, all lives matter. He's like, fuck you, block, you know. Yeah. No, I'm not having this negotiation back and forth. And eventually what that, what that will do, two things. First of all, it shows people, shows solidarity and unity and where people stand. And secondly, and I've seen this even in my own personal communications, it may not, maybe not in that moment, but it's going to get people to, to start thinking and reevaluating their positions. I've heard people tell me already, you know, whether we think this is the way it should be or not, this is just what I've, what I've experienced. Wow, Mecca, wasn't until you said this or until I saw this or until this situation happened that I really started to take a step back and understand. Because it's not that people are incapable of understanding. It's are your eyes open? Do you care to understand? Do you care? Um, yeah. and, and that's one of the things that, you know, I feel like is important in this thing. I do feel like people should take time, I agree with you, to figure out what to say, how to say it. I don't think people should be bullied into saying something if they don't feel like they can articulate it well. But I do feel like people have to recognize their platform and how they got that platform, right? And the people that are supporting them and paying them and making them celebrities and stars and rich are people who are hurting. You can't just you 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 can't ignore that. That's not what celebrity is, or what it's yeah. supposed to be, at least. Uh, and, and then that makes me shift the conversation to kind of corporations, right? Corporations that are not in entertainment, corporations that are not in sports. Um, and what their responsibility is. And, you know, I've seen, for example, Target, right? People are upset or, you know, been mad because Target's been getting looted. But Target came out and said, essentially, listen, we can rebuild buildings. We can rebuild signs. But we can't save, we can't bring people back from the dead. So, you know, it is what it is. You know, I understand people's rage. Black Lives Matter, the end. And then there have been other corporations that have come out with the most vaguest of vague statements ever, Um and then now people are also saying, well, listen, look, I don't care if you could put out even the best statement, but show us your executive board. Show us your hiring practices in the last 20 years. Show us your diversity within your, within your uh, institution. Don't give us this empty, oh, this empty statement, the lip service. Uh, so what are your thoughts on kind of corporations' responsibility here as well? Because like I said, I think this is a multi-layered movement. If if you again, it goes back to it's like I'm gonna keep saying the same thing. <laughs> if, if many of these corporations generate revenue from the black community, if you are good enough to take their dollars, then you have to be able to fight for them, 
when just like you would fight for any other of your consumers when they are wronged or treated mm-hmm. unfairly or, or mm-hmm. experiencing injustice you have to say something you mm-hmm. know and not only that you have the opportunity to do something right mm-hmm. corporations have billions and billions of dollars mm-hmm. the individual who's out protesting doesn't have nearly the amount of clout and power with our elected officials that mm-hmm. you do so yeah. you have the power to really make demands of the government and of these people oh you want our million dollar check mm-hmm. next time around well you better do something about this yeah so th- that that's where i stand on large large corporations in america yeah i think i stand very similar to that uh again i think that people because the question always co- kind of comes out to obligation what's your obligation right and in theory there is no there is no uh, there's no legal obligation yeah. right so now it becomes a, a moral question and i think the, the way you just described it is very is very apt which is what are you how are you how are you even being sustained as an organ as a company as an organization who is sustaining you right yeah. and that's the people and again this isn't just there aren't just black people that are hurt by this there white people and people of all colors that are hurt by this. So when you stand up, you're not just standing up for black people. Yes, it's a black cause that's sparking it, but you're standing up for a lot of people. Yeah. And if you're not if you're not willing to have their back in moments when, first of all, people do have options, despite these monopolies that are kind of brewing up in, in corporate America, people do have options. They don't have to shop with you. You know, yeah. they can shop at their Target, they can shop at Walmart, they can shop at Amazon, Meyer. They're, they're, they have options. Yeah, people choose to spend their money with you. Yeah, maybe part of this because you provide a good service or a good product, but they're not. You're not the only one that provides a good service or a good product. Yeah, you're building in tons of different communities. You're sometimes you're building and displacing people in those communities because you're building. You yeah. know, people have to move, and you're, you're 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 either gentrifying that community, or you just don't care about the people who lived there before. You're benefiting from tax dollars and tax breaks. You are billion dollar corporation, billions of dollars corporation. Some of you guys aren't even really paying taxes. You have employees. You have tons of employees. That's a great point. Tons of employees of all kinds who are dealing with these issues. And you, so you better freaking speak up. And, but the question, but then, but now I'm seeing people put pressure on their necks even more than that, which is, okay, I saw your statement. Cool. Now show me a list of your, your executive board. Show me your hiring practice. Show me your diversity. Show me that you actually care and you actually think in your practice that Black Lives Matter to you. Not just, oh, don't, you know, yeah, I'm going to put out a statement because of what's happening in the world. But do they actually matter to you? Mm-hmm. You know, and so that is where when we're talking about, you, and you mentioned strategy kind of earlier or power or tactics. And, and we've mentioned this in a different context. You mentioned elected officials. Corporations is another one. They have a lot of influence in this country in terms of who they support, even politically, right? Um, You know, the amount of money that they have, the jobs that they can provide, um, what they do in the community, they have a ton of influence. So for you to be silent on these issues or not come out and be aggressive on these issues and re-examine yourself and say, what is it that I've done? What is it that I'm doing? What am I contributing to the community? Um, Then you're full of shit. Yeah. And, you're, and you should be called out for it and people should boycott your ass at the end of one, the day. One thing I wanted to touch on that, that you 
you said um, was essentially this this idea that suddenly this is becoming a race issue, right? Mm-hmm. And that's how they're trying to frame this. But that's not what this is, right? This is a police issue, a police brutality issue, a police corruption, a police issue. The people who are being overwhelmingly being impacted by that, whose lives are being taken, are black peoples, mm-hmm. right? But the crux of this issue is our police departments in every city, in every town, in this country, are not operating in the best interests of the people. They have fraught with issues, and that needs to be fixed. Mm-hmm. That's the first step, right? So that is what this issue is directly, what we're directly trying to address. So yeah. we have to fix that issue first, not let them distract us with all these other things that they're trying to say. No, you guys, the microscope is on the police departments of this country mm-hmm. because they are the ones that are executing people. They're mm-hmm. the ones that are causing these issues. So what are we going to do to fix them? This mm-hmm. isn't, oh, Black Lives Matter. Yes, they do matter. Mm-hmm. But to make them matter, fix your police department. Well, so I think I, I and I don't want, I don't want to use this as a clarification of what you're saying. Yeah. But I want to make sure that people do understand that this is the race issue is is paramount. It's, it's, yes, of course. But 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 I agree with you substantially when you say other people are also being brutalized and killed. Yeah. Not at the rate, right? Black people, some people like to say, oh, well, the number of police kill more white people than they do black people. Yeah, because it's more of you guys than there are of us. But if you actually do it based on, for example, for every just 100 um, white people, 20 might be killed by police. Let's just simplify the example. It takes only 50 black people for 20 to be killed. Yeah. Get it? So, yeah, of course, there are more numbers because there are more people. But proportionally, it's actually worse. But, but, but. It's still all bad. All of it. All, of, all of it is terrible. All of it is something that we shouldn't be okay with. So I agree with you that this is a human rights issue on top of the race issue, which is race is just permeates all of our institutions. And racism is, 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 is something that needs to be dealt with as well. And, and first and foremost, but it's not the only issue here. And that's why I think a lot of people are, are opening their eyes because they're starting to say, wait, First of all, any issue that affects human beings is a human rights issue, whether you're yeah. black or white or not. So that's the first thing, which is I wish people would just understand. Secondly, it's interesting how people have been accepted this type of abuse, even in their own communities, um, because they just don't want to address the police. And part of it is they have guns have, and they have power, too. Right. And and people have relationships with the police. Everybody knows someone, their dad or their uncle yeah. or whatever, and their family or even them personally. And they just can't see beyond that once because they feel like once you say anything negative, that, that means that nobody could possibly be good, you know. And, and so they were just they and that's what you're seeing from corporations as well, which is another issue in terms of how do you want to address this? Someone like University of Minnesota, I believe has canceled kind of their contracts with the Minneapolis Police Department. Um, There are other organizations and stuff that are doing stuff like that too. But then you have other organizations who you can tell have deep police ties. And so they don't want to say anything. That's why if you look in their statements, they're not going to say police brutality. 
They're not going to say racism. Yep. They're not going to say killing or murder because they don't want to offend those police ties. Um, and so, but again, people are watching you. People know. People aren't stupid. People can sift through. You can, you can, you can say, listen, I'm against police brutality and, and not necessarily be against the concept of police. You can do that. <laughs> but so if you're not doing that, then that means that you have other things that are more important to you to protect. And then for us, with our dollars, we have more important things to protect. And, and, may, and, and this is a real issue, right? These people are pretty much operating free will, right? Police departments are, are governed. There's, no fed, there's not real federal oversight of the police department. If something happens, you go to internal affairs and the DA who are in bed with the police department. In most cases, they are the police department. So <laughs> you're policing yourself. Even, you know, and, and many of my white friends, I had a conversation with, with one of my white friends and he brought up a point. He said, I'm white and I'm terrified of the police. I can mm -hmm. only imagine what it would be like to be black and deal with the police yeah. so when i say what i'm saying to to not distract this mm -hmm. i want at least some sort of fix to happen and what i'm seeing is that the narratives and this is what they do is they divide and confuse the narrative it needs to be a uniform issue the issue at hand here is the racism and abuse of power of police officers in america Mm -hmm. That's how this thing has to be framed. Period. 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 And I want to throw one other thing out there, too, because, you know, people always want to bring up, particularly racist people, who want to bring up, oh, what about Chicago? It's like, first of all, we all care about Chicago. And a lot of us try to, are trying to do things in our communities. But in terms of violence, the black on black violence, that's a fake name. That's not real. OK, people commit crimes generally with people that are in their vicinity. Ninety percent of uh, black crimes that are crimes that happen to black people happen from black people. It's almost the exact same percentage of crimes that happen to white people. It's about high 80%, close to 90% of crimes that happen to white people happen from white people. That is, that is proximity yeah. issue. Okay. So yeah, it's, 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 it's also a geographical issue, right? What this country does, which should, there should, there really shouldn't be ghettos in America that has, this type of wealth that has the ability to go and create peace in another nation and build other nations. Right. The reason that these conditions exist is because you've created them and you allow them that. to consist. They don't, they don't want to talk about that. Go go to my, my, my Twitter page and look at the video I posted of Martin Luther King. He explains it better than we could. One other thing I want to mention on the Chicago thing, um, just to, debunk it. I mean, m most people who are being honest understand this, but there's a difference between people who are dying at the hands of people who are supposed to protect you and almost never getting prosecuted for it versus people who are dying at the hands of someone, citizens who are generally getting prosecuted for it. If you get caught, you're going to jail. Yeah. That's not an issue. And as a result of many things that you said, many years of creating environments that you know, are conducive to crime. They shouldn't exist. These these type of conditions. If we want to look at Chicago, it, well, they, they don't. It's the fix is simple. The fix is very, 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 very simple. Fix the fix the communities. Create jobs. Create an economy. Make sure there isn't a liquor store on every corner. Right. Make sure you're not flooding the places with drugs and guns. And guns. You know. 
mm-hmm. right? It's the fixes are simple, but they just they they exist because they want it to exist. Period. Yeah. So let's move on. Let's move on to the protests um, and kind of your impression of the protests that some of them of you know some people are labeling riots, even though some of these protests are not riots. You had a couple people break a car window and they all of a sudden call it a riot. Um, but let, what's your impression? Excuse me. What's your impression of the protests? Um, I guess, you know, all of it, the protests, people are definitely looting. There are definitely plants that, you know, don't seem like they're part of any movement that you just see randomly breaking stuff. And then also the media's kind of spin or on, on everything that we're seeing. What, what, what's your impression there? Whenever anarchy comes, chaos ensues, right? That's what anarchy is essentially. Right. And right now, my impression overall is I hate to use this word because I'm in full support of the, the protests um, and even the riots, the directed riots at the police departments, right? Um, I understand them um, mm-hmm. and I, I support the rage and the pain. But the f- I'm scared for this reason, right? We're already dealing with a health pandemic in this country that also has shown to more greatly impact the community that's being oppressed and is dealing with most, most directly with this issue, mm-hmm. right? So there's that, that part of it is what I'm scared of. The second part is that you're right. When, when rebellion happens, you can't control all citizens. Mm-hmm. Right. Crime happens every single day in this country. Mm-hmm. Murders happen every single day in this country. So people who are looking to commit crimes and are looking to do wrong, this is a huge opportunity for them. Mm-hmm. So to think that this is some like to expect human beings to act any differently than human beings would in this mm-hmm. scenario. And again, it's a small, small percentage. Mm-hmm. I'd say 99% of the people who are out there protesting at the, and this is the other thing. They're risking their lives by protesting. Yes. Right? Yep, yep. During a global pandemic. Mm-hmm. To try to distract away from that narrative and not make it the primary na- narrative and focus on the looting and focus on whatever this bullshit organization, what's that group that they're trying to say, Antifa? Yeah. That's all propaganda. That mm-hmm. is all straight propaganda to distract from the issue. Right? Yep. So... People That's what will, I said. and the fix is simple. The fix is simple. Indict those three <laughs> officers. What are, you, what are you guys doing? I mean, what what are you guys doing? You would. They said I saw a report today that said, and this is earlier today, um, forty four or forty five hundred people have been arrested so far across for these protests across the country. Forty five hundred, and all you had to do was arrest four, four people who we all saw on video murder someone. Yep. And you and, and you won't do it. And and then you wonder why people are reacting this way. Yeah. So my my impression is this. First of all, like you said, a substantial amount of the protests are and protesters are peaceful. Yeah. There are definitely other people who are coming in with different agendas. We don't know necessarily who they are. Um, we've heard things that all the way from there are far left groups to things that are far right groups. Uh, a lot of them white. And they're coming in and they're causing all kinds of they want the chaos. Chaos. They're anarchists. chaos. They are the anarchists. The protests yeah. themselves are not anarchy. No, they're not. not anarchy. 
Yeah. But those are the anarchists. Um, and so then you so then you say, okay, what are what now? What are what are the police doing? What's what's the response to this? And I've seen a lot of aggression. I have listen, man. I know a lot of people that are out there. I have seen a lot of stuff, and I've seen a lot of aggression, unnecessary aggression, from the police. In fact, there was a report, some reports in the media that said once the police started to kind of calm their rage, that the rage overall in the protests dropped. Of course, of course. Yeah. So at the end of the day, people have to people have a right to value whatever it is that they value. But a couple things. One is. Don't tell me that because of the riots and the looting, you're now unable to understand the message and the message is getting lost. That's bullshit. The message is not getting lost. You know exactly what the message is. That, it doesn't matter what, what people do. You know what it is. That, that's, what, that's what really bothers me, right? It's like once you understand capitalism and you understand how power works, right? They, they don't want to police piss off the police force because they are essentially a part of the power structure of this country, right? But in this scenario and in this situation, by not doing anything, you are causing so much damage. And, you know, both of us like to refrain from commenting on, on this president, right? Mm -hmm. But I don't think I can not comment on what happened yesterday, mm -hmm. right? This is straight out of a fascism playbook. The guy hides out in a bunker, comes out, has the military essentially spray the protesters with tear gas and rubber bullets so that he can make a walk across the street to a church. We've never seen this dude in church before in our lives, <laughs> holding a Bible. Like, what exactly is going on? Like, I don't care what side of the fence. If you don't see that. Oh, trust me, I know a ton of people who support Trump. Who are like not fucking with this at all, you know? Yeah. So, you so know, that, 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 and that's the reason the police officers died last night. I'm telling you, it's a direct, when you inflame people, like when a rebellion happens, what do people do? You're supposed to suppress it, right? And in America, it's supposed to be suppressed peacefully, supposedly. So, speak, so, so speaking of that, right? Leadership, what does leadership actually mean when you're, when you're a president, right? It means obviously, you know, doing things behind the scenes internationally, you know, doing things that help your citizens. Eventually, that, that's really what it is, right? And a lot of those things, honestly, especially in the four-year term, right, are symbolic. They are not necessarily actual policy. Some of those things are, but most of them are not. And in moments like this, this is where you really see true leaders. And this is at any level from, from government to corporations all the way on down. What are you going to do? What are you going to say? Just like we held everybody else accountable, corporations, coaches, you know, athletes, celebrities. What are you going to say to your people, the people of your country who are hurting and not just black people who are hurting when this situation is going on, who are risking their lives? Imagine risking your lives to go out there in the middle of a pandemic. And a lot of these some people think the pandemic is fake. A lot of people think it's real. And a lot of people that are out there think it's real. And you're going out there still. So imagine that type of what is it that's inside you? Instead of trying to address the issue of what it is that's inside you, inside of them, and, calm, and what's calm, causing them, and calm come calm. Any listen, I could write the speech for any president, and almost any president in history beyond this one will come out and say this. Listen, 
I ple- I understand your guys' rage. What happened in Minneapolis to George Floyd, even if you don't want to say all the, the bullet points I mentioned earlier, what happened to George Floyd is unacceptable. You know, we are going to do everything in our power to bring justice to him. I have called Minneapolis and make sure that they speed up this process because we don't understand what's taking so long. You know, I know it's hard to be patient because, you know, we all know what we saw. But trust me, I'm doing everything in my power. For, to all the peaceful protesters, I support your First Amendment right to protest. Continue to do so. But please understand that if you're if you're not, if you're doing things that are outside of your First Amendment. And outside of the law. And outside of the law then I have to bring justice to those situations that's as the, well. It's, the, it's literally the easiest thing to say. Like, I, literally, I didn't think of that until right now. I don't have to need a speechwriter to say that. But that's not what you're doing. And so what you're doing is, is you're actually creating more violence. You're stoking more violence. You're stoking more flames. And, and somebody better get to them because this is not a good outcome for anybody. If, if people don't feel safe, this is not a good outcome for anybody. And then you threaten to bring in the military again. What is that? What do you think that makes people feel like? Yeah. So, and then, and also part of it is even spin because a lot of these protests, yeah, there are definitely violence happening for sure. There's definitely violence happening. I'm not trying to act like there's not, but a lot of these protests, there's not. So to act as if we're at a point where we need the military to go police every single street in America. No, that's not, we're not anywhere close to that. We're not anywhere close to that. So, yeah. Um, you know, the media is ha- uh, one quick point on the media is the media is having a field day here. Yeah. Oh, this is a dream for them because any type of just chaos and destruction is just a right up their alley. It gets eyeballs. It gets ratings. They, they show a peaceful protest for four seconds and then they cut to, you know, a, a riot or somebody breaking a car window or writing Black Lives Matter on the window and and, and, and have hours of commentary. On oh, it. people, th- this is what bothers me about what's happening on social media is it's like the media is essentially just flooding us with everything and getting us distracted. And that's why mm-hmm. I want to keep circling back to the crux of the issue. The American people have, mm-hmm. we have an issue with the police departments of America. So elected officials, so people in power, what are you going to do to address that issue? One, mm-hmm. Are you going to at least arrest and indict these guys? Because that's the other thing. It's the other thing. They have the right to defense. They have the right to defend themselves. The fact that you're not even willing to indict. And then the second thing, and the reason why I said I completely understand why police cars and police departments are being set on fire. If you go through the list of police departments in the United States, how many of them have released even a comment regarding this? and disavowing it. We make a big deal when we see any police officer say something. You know, I think there's a police chief in Chattanooga. It's like, wow, a police officer, we're so ecstatic that a police officer actually said something. Mm -hmm. It's clear that this is wrong. Mm -hmm. Clearly outside of your oath to protect and serve. Mm -hmm. So why isn't every single police department in the entire country releasing a statement saying we stand with the people. What happened to George Floyd is wrong. How, how and, hard is it? And, and be, and it's and so that crazy. tells you what their thinking is. It tells you what their mindset is. That blue it's, coat of silence, that's what they call it. It's not you just know. the blue coat of silence. They are... State-sanctioned. State-sanctioned police that think they're above the law and don't... Well, and, and, and they have been. They have been above the law. And so... 
the reality here is, and you said this, and uh, speaking of statements that people can make, I I thought that the police missed a huge opportunity here. A huge, it was perfectly set up. Like I'm talking John Stockton, Ali, you perfect. You come out immediately and you say, listen, that is not policing. That is not what we do. We don't believe in that. That is murder. We don't teach that. We don't endorse that. And a matter of fact, we're distancing ourselves from it completely. And we're going and to show you how serious we are, we are going to retrain all of our officers. We are going to we are going to make sure that we make work on efforts to increase our relationships with the public. And we're going to do everything that we can within our power to make sure that you guys never ever have to see something like that again. And if, imagine what happened. Imagine what would happen if the police came out and did something like that. Right. It's in so and it's like, it's this, isn't, this isn't about, and the funny thing is this isn't even about right or wrong. Mm -hmm. It's about doing what's smart to preserve yourself. It's you don't want, your, you don't want your officers to risk. You want, you want your reputation to get better. Then do some simple things. Here's, and here's the, here's the thing. And this is why, again, talking, speaking of that real quick before we move on about it being smart. There are a lot of people that support the police. Yeah, thing and, and naturally support them. Default support. If a video comes out, the first thing they're going to say is, "We don't have the whole video. We don't know if he was resisting. We don't know if he had a gun. We felt like he should have been. You know, he was scared." They that's their their default position. And uh, you're they're even losing the, those people because yeah. this time it was nine minutes of torture. It was nine minutes of murder. We all watched it. The guy was not resisting. The guy didn't have a gun. He didn't have a weapon. He was handcuffed. He was on the ground, face down. It wasn't a quick killing. It was a nine-minute execution. And then we everything you've done after that, DA doesn't. And, and, uh, first of all, they don't. They don't indict anyone but the guy. And then they charge him with third degree. And it took him too long. To and it took him. They let the city burn down. Mm -hmm. Then on top of that, you don't indict the other three, right? Mm -hmm. And you as a police department, the city of Minneapolis police department, the chief of police doesn't even give a press conference. So that's the thing. That, so, so let's think about that. So let's combine the things that we said earlier. If they indict right away, come out and make a statement and police departments across America come out and distance themselves from this particular one, they don't have to distance themselves from every single one even though I think they should, but they don't have to from a PR standpoint. If those two things had happened, there wouldn't be any riots or protests. Don't you understand that? Yeah. That's the what? thing. People are, pro it's not that people are just protesting. And this is what you, what you just said. That's spot on. It's not people that are just protesting the killing and the racism and the police brutality. They're also protesting the injustice. The thing yeah. that we've been saying for years, this happens to us and nothing happens. They don't get prosecuted. And you had yeah. a perfect opportunity to swiftly do it. Now it's going to probably happen eventually, hopefully, maybe. But listen, let's, and, and, and speaking of that, too, let me say this last thing before we move on to the way forward. I want us to pay very close attention to this case. Pay attention to, first of all, the medical examiner came out with this bullshit bogus report. That was it. It's already been debunked by by the independent medical examiner, one of the Baden, who's one of the best. Why would you even release that like that? I, I, again, so, and that to me brings another level of mistrust, right? Because it says, okay, 
Why did you release this? Who wrote this? First of all, did the DA write this? Was this something that the medical examiner wrote? Who wrote this? Potential intoxicants? What's that even mean, right? Yeah. So that's something to pay attention to. Now, they charge him with third-degree murder, even though I think they easily could have charged him with second. And maybe more information comes out about them knowing each other and this being personal that could make it first. But I think there's enough there, at least for second. Second is an intentional, essentially an intentional killing in, in Minneapolis. What is an intentional manslaughter? I've never even no. heard so, of third-degree so, murder. So it's in a lot, a lot of states don't even have it. A lot of states, second degree. Yeah, I've heard of first and second. It. Yeah. First degree is premeditated murder, and this is in Minnesota. Second degree is intentional murder that wasn't necessarily premeditated, that wasn't premeditated. And third degree is what they call depraved heart, which is basically just a reckless indifference for human life. Okay. So we clearly know, so there are debates, uh, you know, legitimate debates about whether or not the prosecution or the DA is charging them a third degree because they know that it's very hard for him to get off on a third degree charge. And that um, a second degree charge might be hard to prove because you're trying to prove intent. And that there are juries out there that are going to give police officers the benefit of the doubt, even though he was on his neck for nine minutes and say, I'm not sure if he intended to kill him, right? So yeah. there are people that say, don't, you know, maybe that's why they're charging him with third degree. But then there are other people that say, nah, <laughs> if you're on his neck for nine minutes, and people are telling you to get, screaming for you to get off. He's telling you you can't breathe. We see you putting your hand in your pocket and repositioning your knee to make sure it's in the same spot. Two minutes after he's he's limping, his pulse is checked, you still have your knee on his neck. That's intentional. I don't have to see you go, oh, I'm going to kill you for me to think it's intentional. Well, right? Well, yeah, and here's the other, here's the thing that I have a question about, and this will give mm -hmm. me a lot of clarity is, right, why, if you care, why wouldn't you charge him? Maybe the, maybe there is a reason for this. Why wouldn't you charge him with the highest offense and then let it let the courts and the lawyers figure out what it actually is versus yeah. coming out and charging with the lowest possible charge, which again reinforces the fact that you are in the business of protecting them as opposed to punishment. Potent, potentially, but there's also potential here that, well, first of all, you can always raise the charges. So that's that. the good news is that, uh, I think Ellison is involved now, you can raise the charges. So that's something to pay attention to. Um, again, you know, we don't know every single detail, right? And and um, we know as much as we need to know for the most part, but to know that it was murder, but we don't know every single detail that can influence whether, how confident they feel about it being first, second, or third. So that's something to pay attention to. Um, and so it's not done just because those are the charges now. It's not okay. necessarily done. And they also charge him with manslaughter, by the way. So that could add additional parts to the sentence. But here's the thing that I think people need to pay attention to as far as justice is concerned. Because some people say, oh, well, he's been arrested. If he's going to jail for sure, he's going to. I'm like, okay, all right, let's watch. First not of all, to cut you off. One other question I want to ask you yeah. as you answer this question. Mm -hmm. What can those three other three officers be indicted for? Right. Well, it depends. So there are a lot of causation issues here, right? Uh, causation, essentially, what did you do to contribute to, to, to his death, right? So, and okay. there are videos that show two of the other officers were also kneeing on him. And then there's a kind of a depraved indifference, criminal negligence, kind of involuntary manslaughter of the other, I think the other guy who didn't really do it, he wasn't kneeling on him, but he didn't do anything. Yeah. And you have a duty in that, in that position to do something. So I think that's probably why it, it could be why some of this is, has taken a long time for them because you're trying to gather evidence to see how, what is it that exactly I'm going to charge them with? Um, is it going to be all the way up to, you know, second or third degree murder? 
or is it going to be more of an, uh, kind of a negligent homicide type charge? So that's something to pay attention to as well. But for the, but for the main guy, these are the things I want you to pay attention to, pay attention to whether or not the charges get increased, pay attention to, um, and that could be, and pay attention to whether there's a pre-existing relationship that, that may come out. Um, some people are alleging that, but that's not been proven yet. Pay attention to whether or not they allow him to take a plea deal. He might be able to take a plea deal and say, "I'm without going to trial, I'll, I'll take 10 years in prison, right? Which is not justice, by the way, but pay attention to whether they allow him. And they don't have to allow him to do that. And then the fourth thing is, even if he does get, uh, goes to trial and gets sentenced, and let's say he even gets sentenced to 25 years or the max or whatever it is, pay attention to, first of all, pay, first of all, pay attention to what is the sentence that he gets, even if he is convicted on third degree or whatever they charge him with. And then the second part of that is pay attention to if he is, even if he's convicted with a big sentence, how long does he actually serve in jail? Does he get out early for good behavior? Does he get out early? Does he get on parole? Pay attention to those things. So that those are the things that I'm going to be paying attention to from a legal standpoint as this thing continues to, to, to go forward. Um, and we'll see what happens. And I think that's a good segue into kind of what is the way forward, right? Because one of the things I posted on Twitter the other day was that, you know, there are a lot of people who are standing up and not everything that's happening right now is negative. And despite how people are trying to spin it. Um, but what is the way forward? And I'll start a little bit by, by saying this, is that I've had a lot of white friends who have reached out to me and asking me, what is it that I can do? Um, I've had a friend reach out to me and say, listen, I've always wanted to do something, but I didn't really know what to do. And I didn't know how to I'm just going to keep it real with you. They're like, I didn't know how to approach black people without potentially offending them. I didn't want to say the wrong thing. I called somebody African-American the other day and they got mad at me because they said, don't call me African-American. I'm yeah. black. And it just it just makes me shy away from conversations. And I think some of that's legitimate. I think some of it just just get some courage. Right. You, have to, understand, you have to understand the sensitivity and, and resentment that's not directed at you directly. Yeah. And, you know, some of you are that toughen up a little bit, right, and get over it. Yeah. But some of it's legitimate. So, so, but I've been answering these questions. I've been having these conversations. I've had more conversations with my white friends about this type of stuff in the past week than I have in 10 years. And so there's a few things that I'll say. First of all, check your friends, man. Check yourself, first of all. Be honest with yourself internally. What do you believe? What do you think deep down? What are some of the things that you've actually allowed yourself to believe? Because of socialization, our brains are only so strong. And if you grow up here, there's certain things you're going to be socialized to believe consciously or subconsciously. So let's start there. Secondly, what are the active things that you can do? Check your friends, man. Check your uncle. Check your your, your boyfriend. Check your 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 you know racist on or whatever who's always saying racist shit. Because those people actually work in corporations. Those people are actually executives. Those people are actually policemen. And yeah, you might think, oh, it was just an off-the-cuff joke. And sometimes maybe that's all it is. But a lot of times those actual feelings are internalized and they can come out in a myriad of ways. You don't have to have, wear a white hood to be racist. You don't have to beat up people to be racist or have racist tendencies or do things that affect people in a racial in a racial context. So check your friends. The other thing is read. Yeah. Go read. Don't just go go read, you know, Thurgood uh, Marshall. Go read Frederick Douglass. Go read Malcolm X. Go read Toni Morrison. Go study Malcolm X and, and Martin Luther King. Go on Google. Just press Google. Put, if practice, you're in college, take, take, take a black studies class. Take a black studies class. Go read about Jim Crow. Go read about redlining. There, go read about grandfather. Oh, there. You choose to ignore it. If go you, read about it. Don't choose to ignore it. Is don't what choose to ignore it. Yep. Yep. And then ultimately you can also, you can protest, you know, 
or you can donate. There's there other things that you can, you know, there are so many funds that you can donate to um, if you want to be a part of this. I've actually had somebody put together like a nine page list of things um, that I've been sending to some of my friends. If anybody wants that from me, you know, you can reach out to us at Pilot Boys Pod on Twitter um, and I could DM it to you. But, you know, those are, those are some of the things that can be done. Um, so, my, sorry, my question, long way of asking my question to you, which is, what do you see as the way forward now, you know? The veil has been lifted, right? So what do you do once the veil has been lifted? I think we have a real opportunity um, right now to actually make systemic change because people are outraged. The people are speaking and change needs to come, mm-hmm. right? And the way forward is always simpler than we make it. Mm-hmm. If we look at our police departments in the U.S., I keep circling back to this, they are not pro- there's not proper oversight and their power is unchecked. Their oversight usually is at, at limited to at most the city level. We saw in Minneapolis, despite the governor and mayor calling for an arrest, that they didn't have the power. The power was all in the DA's hands. Mm-hmm. So this, this, this system that we have, and this is human beings, right? In a lot of ways, some of these holding all police officers accountable is unfair in the sense that we are allowing the system for them to take advantage of to exist. If so, you so give, let me t- if let you me give t- them t- guns, if you give a group of people guns mm-hmm. and power and authority, and that's not checked and that's not managed and that's not overseen properly, yeah. inevitably abuse of power will happen. Yeah. Racial issues will happen simply as a result of the fact that they are unpoliced and they have guns. Well, so the question, that, so, so more specifically, the question is what do those things look like? What do those policies look like? Um, there are a lot of them, but I'll just give you Man- a few. Yeah, I'll, I'll, ra- few. I'll rattle off a few. Mandatory sensitivity training, mm-hmm. right? Um, Get rid of qualified immunity. I don't um, think every police officer if should your body have cam, to- If your body cam goes off, automatic presumption of guilt. Um, national registry of police brutality offenders. I mean, there there are different things. You that, don't. You shouldn't. You, know, you shouldn't automatically. The guy that killed Tamir Rice, the twelve year old in Cleveland, for having the toy gun, they, he rode up and shot him within two seconds. He he got another job in another police department. Yeah. in Ohio. I mean, what's the, and, come on, and, and not all police in in England. Ninety percent of police officers don't carry guns. Mm-hmm. They maintain law and order perfectly fine, mm-hmm. right? Not every police officer should have the right to have a gun without real training on that weapon. Not saying in this case it wasn't the gun that killed him. Mm-hmm. More often than not, police officers are pulling their guns too quickly and killing people unnecessarily and unnecessarily and unnecessary situations. Mm-hmm. So if that happens, you shouldn't ever, if you are, even if, if, if it is an accident, they justified and you're let off the fact that you fired your firearm and, and killed someone, you shouldn't be able to just go and get a gun again either. Let, me ask, you, let me ask you this question. Um, because I think this question kind of is the, is the elephant in the room. And I think, you know, you could probably actually end this conversation here is when we're talking about the way forward, right? I think a lot of this 
that we're that we've talked about are kind of uh tactics right they are but but if you look there there, there are some people who are cynical who are going to look and say listen man we've gotten legislation since the 60s we've gotten body cameras there's now more video cameras than there've ever been in our lives we've had independent people come in and do the investigations and there's still no justice so they're skeptical so that brings me to the point of this how do we actually cure racism in america is is it real is that a real question am i am i, am I dreaming by even asking that you are ultimately okay you are dreaming because it's too it's too institutionalized because it's too it's too institutionalized you know maybe three or four generations from now but you can't in capitalism ever these divisions go beyond just the issue of race mm -hmm. why does the division exist mm -hmm. right it's to keep human beings divided so that the small percentage of people empower my dad my dad pointed out that a lot of our white brothers and sisters are going through a lot of the same stuff that we're going through yeah but for some reason we won't unite it's a and, difference. That's, and that's and that's by design that's that you know? that's exactly what it is when you say they address symptoms right mm -hmm. body uh, giving making police officers wear body cams doesn't change how the their prosecution works when something happens mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. where the issue is yeah. and that's why i feel like a lot of things that are done are, are being done to distract us as citizens from the real issue it's yeah. an accountability issue yeah. how do you separate the da from the police department so that they don't have this incestual relationship Mm -hmm. where their their incentives are the same or well, police, police unions are also very strong that's another thing and, that we allow to be strong yes mm -hmm. so look if we can pass a three trillion dollar stimulus bill in a matter of days what my issue is is the fact that things aren't even really being tried you're telling me that not one of these people in the house or senate can introduce a comprehensive Police, so maybe it's not a federal. Maybe it's it. not a federal. It's not going to pass, yeah. even at city level, yeah. right? But now is the time, right? When the outrage yeah. is this high, and the people are speaking this loudly, the best way to fix that problem is by addressing the issue. So let me ask you this question, and then we'll end on this. For your for your friends, right? Um, we, I know you have plenty of white friends that that reached out to you as well. Um, and for them asking, what is it? Can I do? What can I do? Um, what, it, what is it that you, you would tell them? Just like we demand certain things when you vote, demand and hold the people in power accountable to make changes in the way that our nation's police departments work. Mm -hmm. That is the first step. There are so many issues we can keep tackling them. But what this situation does is present the opportunity to fix this specific issue. Mm -hmm. You know? Absolutely, yeah. So, so demand, whether it's, we have a presidential election coming up, demand that there are changes that are made. And mm -hmm. to, get, to get our vote. And other, and other elections, right? And All other elections. Uh, yep. There are a lot. Your city, you know, a lot of this, and the truth is the police department is a city, is at a city level mostly, right? Yeah. In terms of monitoring. Your mayor, your 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 local your DA. 
the DA, mm-hmm. you know, the DA, the, the county prosecutor is an elected official, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what yeah. are you going to demand from the next prosecutor of your city to address this issue? Yeah. And let me say this. Uh, this is my, my final thought, which is people who are kind of outraged by what they're calling the riots who say, oh, you know, let's do this peacefully. We have hundreds of years of data of leaders who have organized peacefully, including as recently as Colin Kaepernick and Eric Reed and guys in the NFL who were called sons of bitches by the president. We have fought for voting rights. We fought for civil rights. We have introduced legislation. We have called governments and DAs and Congress people. We have boycotted. We have tried every single thing under the sun peacefully to not have these issues still be present. And they still are. Until, until. And if you don't happen. think, if you don't think that people are going to rage at some point after they continuously are being oppressed, year after year, century after century, then you just don't get how the world, society, and history actually works. So if you want to stop that rage, like you said, the the fixes are very simple. We've mentioned them in abundance on this show. Yeah, And, 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 and circling back to what you said is, white America, this isn't an issue anymore that you're reactive to, right? When you see an injustice and you see that black America is upset, you react and join. No, you have to lead, you know, That's 100% this is an issue right. you have to care about enough to lead. Yep. You know, did you, when you, when you see something, did you call the police departments? Did you call the DA? Did you call your Congress people? Did you protest? Did you write in? Did you donate? Did you do anything, literally anything beyond just say, Oh my God, I can't believe that just happened. Did you do anything beyond that? And that's the question that you have to constantly start to ask yourself. But listen, this this issue is going to be going on for a long period of time. I am hopeful in the sense that I do think there are a lot more people's eyes have been opened to what people are saying. There are people who are saying Black Lives Matter right now who wouldn't have said it last week. They just they just would not have. There are people who are who are listening to people who they would have not listened to last week. So I don't want this to all sound like doom and gloom. Right, part of just who we I are think, as people. I see a lot of positivity in the, in what's happening. People who try to spread spread positivity. Um, so you know, for the people who are fighting, um, and the people who are protesting, keep doing what you're doing. Um, for the people who are just now getting involved and just trying to figure out what to get involved, how to get involved, keep searching, keep looking for the answers. For people who don't know necessarily know what to do, but maybe have some friends that may know what to do, white or black, they don't have to be black reach out to them and um, let's actually keep pushing this forward, this thing forward positively amongst the citizens, regardless of what's happening at all of our leadership levels. And we'll leave it there. That's all we have for today's show. Thank you for listening to the pilot boys podcast episode 31. Love the pilot boys podcast. Support us on Patreon. Supporters can pledge as little as $1. We have some cool perks on there. Check out www.patreon.com forward slash pilot boys podcast show us some love today that's all we have for today's show thanks to everybody for listening
Don't forget, sharing is caring. Remember, do your part. Subscribe to the Pilot Boys podcast on Apple, Spotify, Patreon, and YouTube. And please follow us on social media at Pilot Boys Pod on Twitter and at Pilot Boys Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And follow the hosts on Twitter. I am at Mechadon Music and V is at The Swant. And don't forget to grab some Pilot Boys wristbands at shop.pilotboys.com. Always remember, be you. You is fly. Pilot Boys out! Pilot Boys